0: Reedy's mail. Yeah, g'day, Reedy. Made an update on Desi Hasler's court battle and the yes. revelations of his salary at Manly. Yeah, look, it's all going to kick off tomorrow, Desi. I don't think Des will be there. I don't think he has to. Because it's only a directions hearing, but the actual court battle sort of kicks off in earnest tomorrow. And there's been some obviously some documents that have been registered um, in, in in advance of that court hearing. It's sort of unveiled the arguments on both sides. And what's interesting is it actually unveiled Desi's. Lifted the curtain on Des's contract that he had with Manly before he was sacked. And, you know, when you look at, look at the average NRL coach, they generally, or the good NRL coaches, they're generally, generally on over a million dollars a year. Des was only on about $720,000 a year of Manly, but he had an ambassadorial uh, clause in his contract. So he's also p- paid a separate amount as an ambassador now that was paid into a, a business that was run by he and his wife. So it was a little bit of an interesting detail that emerged. We don't often get to see. How these coaching contracts work and, and how the actual machinations of them. But Des had an amount that went to him, and then an a separate amount that went to his business. That was an ambassadorial uh, payment. What so was the ambassadorial that, payment? Well, I believe it was around the two hundred thousand dollar mark. So okay. obviously, Des was on about nine hundred grand when he was at Manly, but. I think he ended up getting a pay rise. And obviously, affected factor in that as well with bonuses if they won the comp or made the eight and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. But a base of about $900,000 a year was a pretty good wicket, obviously. But mm. when you consider what some of the other elite coaches are on, they're all generally on over a million dollars. So theirs was probably, he was a little bit short at Manly, but it sounds like he's made it up at the Gold Coast. <laughs> he's looking to make it up for Manly in this court battle to try and um, basically extract over a million dollars out of them front unfair dismissal. And as I said, it all kicks off in earnest tomorrow. Now, Rudy, what are the Dragons' options with Junior Amon stood down? Yeah, well, I mean, they've got some internally, obviously. Kyle Flanagan, when you look back at that now, I mean, they copped a bit of flack for signing. Kyle Flanagan, obviously being the son of, of Shane Flanagan, but he's a logical bloke who can play in the halves alongside Ben Hunt uh, next season uh, if, if Amone's unavailable, which I, I imagine he will be. Um, yeah, Jack Bird's obviously played a bit of 5-8 as well. But I'll tell you what it does for me, guys. It shows how smart they were to keep Ben Hunt at the club. When he mm. agitated and wanted out of that place, could you imagine if Ben Hunt wasn't there now and they were staring down the barrel of betting in two new halves without Hunt in the mind? Yeah. They're lucky Ben Hunt will be there for at least next season. As I said, they've got Kyle Flanagan. I think the plan was to move Kyle Flanagan to hooker. He played a bit of hooker at Canterbury, did a really good job there when he played there. And I think Shane's idea was we'll transition into hooker now. I suspect that may now get put on hold because they'll need a half to start next year and Kyle's the logical guy to do it. So beyond that, there's some guys, you can look to England, you can look to the NRL. I know you guys are going to ask them about Jerome Blue-Eye. He's one of the guys who's potentially available as well, but that wouldn't be until 2025. So next year, I think they're just going to have to find a way through next year. And if it, maybe it's Cole Flanagan and Ben Hunt play in the halves all year. If that's, if, if that's what happens with Junior Ramon, if Junior Ramon is unavailable or they sack him or wherever that goes, that might be the path they have to head down. Well, mate, you did ask. Uh, well, you did talk about uh, Jerome Luai there. But yeah. he's, he's set to uh, join a new management company. Well, he's joined him. He's joined Black yeah. Money, um, which is the home of um, Luttrell and Cody and Bradman Best, Jack Whiten. Pretty good stable they've developed there um and obviously this only just happened mm. november one's not far away look i think we all expect jerome to go in november one if he was going to do a deal with the penniless i imagine he would have done it by now because they've made pretty clear to jerome what they can pay him it's yeah. around that eight hundred thousand dollar mark um so i suspect he's going to go to market market on november one and see what's out there for him i mean i spoke about those halves before they're they're the rarest instead good halves i mean um, in a year's time we've got guys like Tommy Dearden who hasn't done a deal yet at North Queensland he looks like he'll go to November 1 Luke Keery another one um, Ezra Mann hasn't done the deal yet although I suspect he will do a deal in Brisbane and then if you look to England there's guys like Lewis Dodd Harry Smith um, and Jack Wellsby's the a name that keeps being brought up the, the young young fellow who was at St. Helens who could play full back all 5'8 but um, Jerome if you look at all those halves Jerome's probably the pick of them just about so I'd imagine, you know, one club, at least one club, he's going to find a club out there that's willing to throw seven figures at him. Then he's got a real decision to make because, whilst that, you know, 200 grand is a lot of money over one year, imagine that over a four year deal. That's 800, probably up to a million is going to be the difference. He's going to have a real decision to make. Yeah. And, Brady, just quickly, just on North Sydney Oval, obviously the funding has been pulled by Chris Means for about $11 million. It puts a yeah. big blow in the, the North Sydney Bears push. Well, I think they're coming from behind anyway. I think, you know, I think obviously this PNG bid's got a lot of wind in its sails at the moment. Um, Brisbane East are working really hard behind the scenes to get a deal done. And look, if, if the Bears were to come back, they would only play one or two games a year at North City anyway. That would be part of a bigger a bigger sort of agreement either with Pacifica or, or with Perth and the majority of games wouldn't be played at North Sydney Oval anyway. As I said, it might be two games a year, I think, was the plan if, if they were to jump in a bed with someone. And that's the only way I think the Bears are going to get back in the comp. It's if they jump in a bed and form a, a joint venture with some someone. So I'm not sure it's as big a dent um, in their aspirations as mm. perhaps it seems. You know, I, I think that if it was only a couple of games, it's probably not really that big an issue for mm. me. I, you know, I think... yeah. You know, they just need to find someone to jump in the bed with, and 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 convince the NRL rel- that that's the way forward. Don't we all? <laughs> 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 Thanks a lot, Reddy. We appreciate it, big fella. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell weekdays from four on Triple M.